You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. NAR leaders claim that believers have been authorized by God to speak words that alter reality, including words that have power to stop windstorms in their tracks, heal the sick, and even raise the dead. They call these spoken affirmations prayer declarations, and they claim declarations are a critical key for bringing God's kingdom to earth and the return of Christ. But how has making prayer declarations worked out for them? Hi, I'm Holly Pivik. Welcome to this episode. For more than 20 years, I've been researching and blogging about a movement known as the New Apostolic Reformation, or NAR. And together with Doug Guyvitt, I've co-authored three books about NAR, including our most recent book, Counterfeit Kingdom, The Dangers of New Revelation, New Prophets, and New Age Practices in the Church, published by B&H. In my last episode, I explained the NAR view of prayer, known as Declaration Prayer, and contrasted it with Biblical Petitionary Prayer. Today, in part two of this two-part series about Declaration Prayer, I'm going to share three examples of prayer declarations made by the leaders of today's most influential NAR church that have failed. I will also show that NAR teachings about prayer cannot be supported by Scripture. One of the most recent and notable examples of failed prayer declarations occurred in December 2019. This heartbreaking story made national news. On December 14th, Olive, the two-year-old daughter of a Bethel Church worship leader, died suddenly in her sleep when she stopped breathing. Rather than planning a funeral, Bethel leaders took to social media to urge their followers worldwide to join them in declaring that the little girl be raised from the dead. Their Facebook post read, Our God is a God of miracles and nothing is impossible for him. We are asking you, our global church family, to join with us in prayer and in declaring life and resurrection over all of Elaine. Their call went viral. Popular worship leaders from other churches responded, including Carrie Job, who told her 1 million Instagram followers were still standing in faith for Olive to wake up. Sadly, after six days of much fanfare, including meetings involving jumping, shouting, and commanding Olive to come out of that grave in Jesus' name, Bethel leaders were compelled to admit defeat and hold a memorial service. This is hardly the only time declarations made by Bethel leaders have failed to produce a miracle. In the early months of the 2020 COVID-19 pandemic, they led congregates in declaring that Everywhere I go becomes a perfect health zone. But later that year, the church and the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry reported more than 300 cases of the virus, the largest cluster of cases in Shasta County. Their declarations also fell flat when the 2018 car fire ravaged two counties, including their own Shasta County. They issued a command for the wind to calm down over the Redding skies. The winds did not comply. Rather, the fire grew so large that within six days, it created its own weather pattern, a giant fire whirl 
produced wind damage similar to a very strong EF3 tornado. Fire whirls this large are rarely documented. More than a thousand homes were destroyed, including at least 40 belonging to Bethel leaders and church members. Tragically, eight people died in the fire. Once it was obvious their declarations against the fire had failed, Bethel Church resorted to a very non-miraculous response. They partnered with the Salvation Army to open a distribution center, providing meals, supplies, and emotional support for evacuees. Their declarations had almost literally gone up in smoke. Charitable efforts, though commendable, are no substitute for repentance for having promoted a naive practice and a flawed theology. Nara leaders know their view of prayer is not the way other Christians view prayer. So when they speak of prayer, they often equivocate on how they use the term. When they speak amongst themselves and their followers, that is, Nara insiders, they generally speak of prayer in terms of declarations because, as I explained in my last episode, they believe declarations are a more powerful form of prayer than petitionary prayer. But when they speak to outsiders, they often just use the word prayer without mentioning the word declarations, and they speak as if they are merely praying in the same way that other Christians pray, that they are petitioning or asking God for things and leaving the outcome to His will, not making commands. The result of their shifting use of language is an ambiguity that allows them to promote non-biblical teachings about prayer while cloaking those teachings in biblical terminology. An example of this NAR equivocation tactic can be seen in the press release Bethel Church posted on their website on December 20th, 2019, after their declarations to raise all have failed. In the press release, they attempted to recast what they had been doing for the past six days. They said, Over the past week, the Bethel Church community, both local and global, has come together at the request of Andrew and Callie Heiligenthal to pray for her resurrection. We have done this in accordance with the Bible, the basis for which is modeled by Jesus in the New Testament. As a church, we have been contending for, singing about, and witnessing God's power to save and heal for over 50 years. It is normal for us to ask, trust Him, and then glorify His name regardless of the outcome. Notice in this official statement to the media, Bethel suggests that the only thing the church had been doing at their meetings that week was praying in the biblical and traditional sense that they had been asking God to raise Olive. But they were very clear before their failure to raise her that making prayer declarations is what they were doing. Recall their words. We are asking you, our global church family, to join with us in prayer and in declaring life, and resurrection over all of Elaine. That they were calling for prayer declarations can also be seen in the nearly 3,000 comments posted on the church's Facebook page in response to the call. In those comments, many Bethel followers use the words declare or declaring, such as this comment, praying and declaring resurrection life for Olive, little Olive arise in Jesus' name. And here is another similar comment, Father, in Jesus' name, we decree and declare spirit of life come back into Olive. Even the hashtag that went viral, Wake Up Olive, reflects the language of declaration, not petitionary prayer. Let us pause to ask why Bethel would downplay the main activity, making declarations, 
taking place at their meetings? Could it be because despite the thousands of declarations that had been made on Olive's behalf for six days, her lifeless body still lay at the morgue? This is certainly tragic, but even more so because so many of Johnson's followers have doubled down and refused to admit what's obvious to everyone else. They have a broken theology. And here's the kicker. The failure of the church's declarations suggests something bigger than failure to raise one little girl. It suggests that Bethel Church's entire paradigm of bringing heaven or God's physical kingdom to earth through spoken declarations is also based on false hope. But this should not be surprising. The Bible does not support the notion of prayer declarations. Nowhere does it teach believers to make declarations, and we cannot find a single example of believers making them. When King Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah faced invasion by foreign enemies, they did not decree and declare victory for their vulnerable nation. Rather, they assembled at the temple, and Jehoshaphat humbly and reverently pleaded with the Lord for their deliverance, saying, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations, and your hand are power and might, so that none is able to withstand you. Did you not, our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel, and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? And they have lived in it, and have built for you in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, If disaster comes upon us, the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. And now behold, the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came from the land of Egypt, and whom they avoided and did not destroy. Behold, they reward us by coming to drive us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. O our God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Second Chronicles 26-12 As you just heard, when faced with a great threat, God's people declared their powerlessness and uncertainty of how to proceed, yet expressed their confident hope in God's power, knowledge, and goodness to act on their behalf. There was no prideful presumption in their prayers. And what about King David, a man after God's heart? He pleaded with God for his child's life to be spared. He did not command it. Or Jesus. Jesus asked for the cup of suffering he was about to endure to pass, and it did not happen. Did he not have enough faith? Was he wrong not to declare? What we see in Hebrews 5-7 is that Jesus offered up prayers and petitions, pleadings in some translations, and he was heard because of his reverent submission, not for any bold declarations he made. If Jesus, equal with God and having all power, did not pray in declarations, who are we to think we have that kind of authority? God the Son does not demand of God the Father, though he does ask. What a thought to consider as we seek to be like him. So what is the relationship between our faith and healing? Nar teaching fosters the fear that humble acknowledgement that God may not will to heal a particular sickness 
is a lack of faith. This lack of faith, they think, jinxes the possibility of a healing miracle. This is magical or superstitious thinking. God isn't any less likely to heal when we acknowledge that his will may be different than what we desire. A person is not at greater risk when we trust the sovereign wisdom of God to heal them. On the contrary, petitioning God is the supreme act of faith. In our book, Counterfeit Kingdom, we present an example of a way we may pray in faith for divine healing. It's a petitionary prayer, and the language is drawn from the Bible, mostly Romans. Finally, it's an absurd notion that Jesus' first coming to earth at the Incarnation was dependent on declarations made by Simeon and Anna, as Bill Johnson teaches, which I explained in my last episode. Nowhere in Luke 2, the passage about Anna and Simeon, does it say that Simeon or Anna even prayed for the coming of the Messiah to say nothing of making declarations. It does say that Simeon was looking for the consolation of Israel, and it says that Anna habitually prayed, but it does not say what she prayed for. Johnson reads his doctrine of declaration prayer into this passage and then appeals to the passage to demonstrate the authority of this doctrine. This does not even qualify as excusable speculative theology. It is an egregious imposition of free-willing bias on a text of scripture. No wonder making declarations has not gone well for people in NAR. The pronounced failure of this practice of prayer declarations is to be expected, since it has no basis in scripture. It is powerless. In contrast, petitionary prayer is powerful. Yet, still determined as ever, NAR leaders remain convinced that making declarations is the way to pray. That concludes part two and the final episode of this series about NAR Declaration Prayer. If you did not listen to part one of this series on Declaration Prayer, I invite you to go back and give it a listen. I explained our leaders' controversial teachings about prayer, including the alleged role of angels in carrying out believers' prayer declarations and the importance of believers submitting to apostles so they can have their prayer declarations fulfilled. Also, be sure to check out my co-authored book, Counterfeit Kingdom, and watch out for information on our forthcoming book, Reckless Christianity, The Destructive New Teachings and Practices of Bill Johnson, Bethel Church, and the Global Movement of Apostles and Prophets. Go to my website at hollypivot.com where you can sign up to receive my latest blog articles in your inbox. That's H-O-L-L-Y-P-I-V-E-C.com. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode. 